Galatians 5, verse 22 again. <coughs> I started last Sunday evening uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. If you weren't here, last Sunday evening I preached on the very first uh, part of that, love. And this evening I wanted to preach on joy and peace, but on Friday I saw I'm not going to get to peace. So next Sunday evening, God willing, I'll talk about peace. But this evening, joy. Galatians 5 verse 22. Joy. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come again in, in the name that is above every name, far above every rule and authority and power and dominion. Not only in this age, but also in the age to come. What a name. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Oh, speak to us this evening. Oh, Spirit of the Lord, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in you. Our faith is in the triune God. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of you name them, uh, know the name of Blaise Pascal, Pascal the mathematician, Pascal the philosopher in France in the 1600s. And Pascal said this, made this statement, and then I'll, I'll show that Pascal was actually very biblical when he said this. Pascal said, all men seek happiness. There are no exceptions to this. <clears throat> they all work toward this goal, however differently they go about it. One man goes to war, while another man avoids war. But they are driven by the same desire. <laughs> they want happiness. That's why he goes to war. He wants happiness. He wants to fight off the enemy so they can live in peace and be a happy country or a happy family. Or the other one says, I don't want to go to war. I'm scared because I want to be happy. <laughs> Accompanied by different beliefs. They, uh, the will, the human will, never takes the least step toward anything but this object of happiness. You do things because you want happiness. You believe that will make me happy if I do that. Even if it's happy in the Lord as a Christian, still you want your joy in the Lord. Now listen to this statement. This is quite shocking. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. Why do they hang themselves? They want happiness. And they feel life is getting too hard. I'm not happy. If I kill myself, I can get rid of the sadness. So I think he's right. It's true. Everyone wants to, hap to be happy. Uh, as Christians, we know that the source of our happiness lies in God. Uh, Psalm 43 verse 4 speaks of God, my exceeding joy. God is my great joy. So even unbelievers cannot be happy if it weren't for God. They think they can, but they can't. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2 verse 25, Ecclesiastes in Afrikaans, Prediker, Ecclesiastes 2 25, For without Him, who can have food and who can have enjoyment? Without God, it's impossible. So He's the source of joy. So this is very easy tonight, the, the two points you need to remember, two statements. The first statement, 
God's happiness, the second statement, our happiness. So let's look at God's happiness. So our happiness, our joy. Now I know you can distinguish between joy and happiness if you want to. I'm just using it interchangeably this evening as synonyms. So, so our source of joy, we receive our joy from God. Where does God get his joy from? From himself. It resides within himself. Uh, Proverbs 8 verse 30 speaks about God's wisdom. And then in the New Testament we find out that wisdom is Christ. So we read about the Father and the Son really. Proverbs 8 verse 30 says, uh, wisdom speaking, Then I was beside God like a, like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always. So the Father delights himself in the Son. The Son delights himself in the Father. And that joy, like love, is a someone, not a something. It's the Holy Spirit. And so there's joy between the Father and the Son. Jesus, when he's baptized, the voice speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, or in whom is my delight. God's joy is in his Son. And then Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit in Luke 10 verse 21 and he rejoices in the father praising the father he is he is anointed with the holy spirit and the spirit is called in hebrews 1 verse 9 he has anointed me with the oil of gladness so there's this joy in god joy in god i think john piper is right when he makes this very short statement i think you'll remember this hopefully for long god is an unshakably happy God. Great joy in the Trinity. So God's joy is not changed by circumstances. God's joy is not changed by human beings. Because God is unchangeable. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. If He's joyful yesterday, He's joyful today and He'll be joyful forever. And so with the Father. The Father is unchangeable and the Holy Spirit. In theology, we speak of the impossibility of God. Not impossibility, impossibility with an A. And that means, it doesn't mean God doesn't feel emotions. It means that God's emotions are not controlled by human beings or by circumstances. God's emotions are unchangeable and ever steady from His own being his own persons, his emotions flow from his own unchangeable character, from himself. So what does God rejoice in? Who can give me some examples from the Bible, things you can think of? Or maybe you can just say the thing and we'll see, are there Bible verses to back it up? What does God rejoice in? Yes. Can you think of some example in the Bible? Well, the lost sheep. Yes, that's the lost sheep, the lost coin and the prodigal son. When they return, there's joy. And it doesn't say, some people say, oh, the angels rejoice. Yes, they too, but it says there's joy before the angels of God. For the engel. So who's before the angels? God. And you see that in this prodigal son, the father rejoices when the son returns. Another, uh, more examples. What does God rejoice in? Obedience. Yes, God rejoices in obedience when His people obey. I'm going to give you some text just now. 
More examples. When we praise Him. Yes, God rejoices in the praises of His people. That's very right. There's a verse that says, God builds His throne upon the praises of His people. In the Psalms. More examples. What does God rejoice in? Yes, He rejoices in His Son. We saw that. My Son, beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Yes, rejoices in righteousness. That would be true. More examples. Yes, God rejoices in His work, says Psalm 104. I'll give you the exact reference later on. And when God had saw all that He had made, and He said, this is very good. Yes, God rejoices in His creation. So do you ever think of that? God rejoices when He paints a sunset. Yesterday I, I phoned my wife and said, I was in my study still busy with sermon prep. I said, go outside, see the sunset. I'm in the shop, phone the kids. <laughs> yeah, God rejoices when He paints the, the western sky with hues of gold and orange and pink and beautiful. Something else God rejoices in? The ideas give. Yes, God certainly rejoices when He give good, gives good gifts. Every good gift is from above, from the Father of lights with whom there's no shadow due to change. Yes, and so we can go on. I'll give you some examples I jotted down. God rejoices in everything that He does. Psalm 115 verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Pleases. Our God is in the heavens. Yes. And then it says in Psalm 135 verse 6. The kids club kids love this verse. We memorize it. Uh, whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In the heavens, on the earth, in the seas and all their deeps. Whatever the Lord pleases. Not just what He wants. It pleases Him to do that. And then uh, Proverbs 8.31, uh, rejoicing in his inhabited world. 8.31, second part, delighting in the children of man. God rejoices. He rejoiced when he made people. He rejoices in choosing sinners for salvation. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden these things from wise and the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. And then he goes on saying, he reveals himself, reveals the Father to whom he chooses. Um, so God rejoices in that. And then we have the example of sinners, saving sinners, rejoicing in that. Rejoicing in his people, Psalm 149 verse 5. Rejoicing so much in them, he says in Isaiah 62 verse 6 and 7, like a bride rejoices, or bridegroom rejoices in his bride. So the Lord rejoices in His people. It says in verse 4, You know, will no more be termed forsaken, no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called, My delight is in her. God's joy in His people. Your land will be called married. That is Hephzibah and Beulah in Hebrew, if you didn't know that. Because we've got a Hephzibah in our church. And your land will be, called, will be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so your sons will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. That is amazing. That is amazing to think. Jeremy, God rejoices over you. Amanda, God rejoices over you. 
Wow. God sings even. So much is his joy. I will rejoice over them with loud singing, says Zephaniah 3 verse 70. God rejoices. He delights in truth in the inward part. Uprightness in the heart, says Psalm 51. Psalm 5 tells us that God does not delight in sin. He does not delight in evil. God does not delight in sacrifices that you make for his cause as much as he rejoices in obedience. We remember that from the story of Saul when he brought those sacrifices. Samuel says, has God as much pleasure in sacrifices as in obedience? God rejoices in obedience. You said righteousness. God rejoices not in how strong your legs are and how far you can run and how strong your horse is for the battle. But it says in Psalm 147 verse 11, God rejoices in those who hope in His steadfast love. Those who trust in Him. God rejoices when you believe Him and you trust His word and you trust His promises. He rejoices in that, delights in that. God delights in it when you're honest in your business practices. If you're crooked, that's hateful to God. But Proverbs 11 tells us in verse 1 that God delights when you use honest measures and honest scales. God rejoices in, and this is, I think, what, who said the God rejoices to do good to us? You did. Yes, that's in Jeremiah 32. And verse 41, Jeremiah 32, verse 41. Let me read that to you. I will rejoice in doing them good. <laughs> I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. God's whole heart is in it when He does good to you. He loves doing good to His people. And not only to His people, even His enemies. He gives them sunshine and rain. He loves doing that. Jeremiah 9 verse 23, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the strong man boast in his strength, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he knows and that he understands that I am he, the God who loves to do justice and righteousness and steadfast loves, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Delights in doing righteousness. And then Luke 12, 32, my, my little flock, do not fear little flock, it is uh, how does it say? Do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The Father delights. He's so happy to say, heaven is yours. All that I own is yours. It's a gift to you. And then in Isaiah 65, verse 18 and 19. Be glad, rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem. This is the new Jerusalem. And be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in at the sound of weeping, the cry of distress. Think of this heaven. God will rejoice in his people. And his people will echo that joy. Back to God. I don't know if you noted. You thought, why did Sean read all those verses? Even he asked me. He said, is this the scripture reading for the month or for the evening? But did you note what was repetitive in all those verses? Joy, joy, joy. In one letter, Philippians. Joy, 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 joy. <laughs> all the joy in Paul's in prison when he writes that. Joy, joy, joy. So God rejoices in his people. All these things we mentioned. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought 
God is withholding happiness from me. Sometimes we think that. We think, yeah, I'm going through this hard time. Or now this wonderful thing that I wanted and I really looked forward to it, now it didn't happen. The Lord wants to take away my joy. Where did that thought come from? Genesis 3 verse 1. And the serpent was more crafty than any other animal that the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to Eve, Did God really say, You may not eat of any tree in the garden? God is a spoiled sport. God is a killjoy. God wants to take away your joy. Is that true? There were seven feasts in Israel every year. What was the purpose of the feasts? God wanted His people to rejoice. Deuteronomy 16 verse 11 and verse 14. Yes, they were a shadow of Christ and all of that. And many reasons. But one of the reasons is, so that you will rejoice before the Lord your God. The problem is, we want to find joy outside of God. Many people want joy, but they don't think they'll find this joy in God. They want joy outside of God. That is like trying to, like going to Margate or to Mossel Bay and going to scuba dive to look for cows and sheep on the seafloor. That is like going to the Free State or the Karoo to go into the field to see aren't there any fish grazing. Can't happen. Can't find joy outside of God. Real joy, lasting joy. Okay, so that's God's joy. Second, our joy. So God gives joy also to unbelievers. Uh, the joy of Breiflace and Poikikos, the joy of uh, having a roast, the joy of hot bread, the joy of and this is all food. Uh, Ecclesiastes 2 verse 24. Talking about how, how this enjoyment God gives you. And enjoy your work even. And God gives you the joy of marriage. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9. And God has given you, says Acts chapter 14 verse 17. Paul is talking to pagans. And he says God has given you rain. God has given you all these good food and, and good gifts. Let me read it to you. Uh, Acts 14 verse 17. Yet God did not leave himself without witness. For he did good to you by giving you rains from the heaven, fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness, joy. That's to unbelievers. God does that. And it's so sad that as human beings, as sinners, we waste God's joy. We mess it up by being ungrateful for what God gives us, by being greedy. I don't want this, I want something else. I want more. Why did God only give me this? Or by chasing sin and thinking I'll find joy if I can have sin, if I sin. And then God is so kind, He still gives us joy. Not only to the unbeliever who sins against Him, but He brings restoration. And so Jesus comes and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He's anointed me and I bring people from, from their bondage of sin, from the gates of prison and their spiritual blindness. He gives them eyes to see. And He brings the year of the Lord's favor. Not only recompense to the wicked, but the year of the Lord's favor. 
And then he says in Isaiah chapter 61, I, was, uh, I referred to those verses, and then verse 3, to grant to those who weep in Zion. What does he want to give them? To give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes on their head, the oil of gladness instead of sorrow, joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint, faint spirit, that they may be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And then verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My spirit will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. He's rejoicing in that. Like a bridegroom who decks himself with a headdress, uh, as a priest with a headdress, and like a bride adorns herself with her jewels, he rejoices because of the righteousness of God that covers him, and God sees us in Christ. So God brings restoration. You read in the book of Acts, Philip goes and preaches in a city in Samaria, and it says, and there was great joy in that city when Philip had preached the gospel. And then Philip goes, he talks to the Ethiopian, baptizes him, and the Ethiopian goes on his way with great joy. Salvation. You see the Philippian jailer, in, in Acts 16, verse 34, and he rejoiced along with his entire family that he had believed in God. And then you see the, the Christians in Antioch, in Pisidia, in th Acts 13, 52, and they, the disciples were all filled with the Holy Spirit and with joy. Now, because of salvation, the good news has come. In Acts 13, verse 48 also, it says those very same Christians, the Gentiles, when they heard this, they rejoiced. And as many as were destined to eternal life believed. They praised the word of the Lord. Said, what a wonderful gospel message that the Gentiles too can be saved. So that joy that Jesus brings through his death and the message of salvation, the Holy Spirit now takes that joy. And he, he gives you an experience of that joy. So it's no longer just somewhere long ago in history. It's something you actually feel and you taste and you experience. So now we're at verse 22 in our text. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy. It's like He produces this fruit in you. And you've got joy. The Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, He speaks of they had joy, this joy of the Spirit. The joy through the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So it's the Spirit who does this, who brings joy in the Christian life, in the Christian heart. I'm going to ask you a stupid question. Are you ready for it? Do you want this joy of the Spirit? We want this joy of the Spirit. The very first thing you must do, if you've never tasted this joy, you must be sad first before you can be glad. Let your laughter over sin and your joy at the club or the party with too much beer, let your joy in all the pleasures of this world be turned into sadness, into mourning, into sorrow, says James 4. And then Psalm 30 tells you at the end, then God will turn your sadness into gladness. Then God will turn your mourning into dancing, 
into joy, into singing, into praises. I'll tell you a story about this. I think you'll be glad to hear this, Sean. And um, um, yes, Kurs and Gerda also, and Rolf. I'm talking about John Henry Aylward, whom you remember, who used to be the music leader in the church before they went to Dubai and now they're in Europe. I spoke to John Henry on Friday for about 50 minutes on a video call. His daughter got converted. This is how it happened. It was Easter weekend this year, and they'd been doing family worship faithfully, and they're faithful in being part of the body of Christ, and they raised their children in the ways of the Lord. So on, on Easter weekend, the pastor is preaching about the cross, and he's trying to explain the depths of this message of the cross of Jesus Christ. But he feels he's, he's not sure that he's getting through. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> meanwhile, here's 12-year-old, she's 11, she's turning 12 in July, 11-year-old girl sitting here. And it is so cutting into her heart for the first time she realizes, I am guilty. It is because of my sin that Christ was crucified. I am the guilty party. I might as well have stood there and shouted, crucify him, crucify him. I'm guilty. And she cries about her sin. So after the service, John Henry walks up. He's part of the music team. And he's not aware of it. He sees his girl is crying profusely. Thinks, what's going on? And so the wife, John Henry's wife, she's talking to her daughter. And after church, and then she explains to her what this is and what's happening. And what the Holy Spirit is doing in her heart. Then the crying starts all over again. But this time, so the laughter has turned to sorrow, but now the sorrow has turned to tears of joy. So now she's crying because of the grace of God <laughs> and what Christ has done to save her. Martin Lloyd-Jones says there are many people who never know the joy of the Lord because they have failed to see themselves as miserable sinners. And now listen to this, to this statement. I think this is great. The only way to be happy in Christ is to be desperately unhappy without Christ. Do you know this joy? You can find this joy, or maybe it must find you. You can find this joy in the wells of salvation by drawing water with gladness, says Isaiah 12 verse 3, at the wells of salvation. You can find this joy. God will multiply your joy when He shows you He's removed this heavy weight, this crushed you, the weight of sin that has pushed you down, the enslavement to sin. And He removes the bonds of sin. And He says, the war is ended. I've come to bring peace. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God multiplies the joy by showing you, I've brought you a Savior. I've brought you a Savior. Was that not the message of the angels to the shepherds? The shepherds outside of Bethlehem and the angels said, Do not fear, for we bring you good tidings of great joy. To this day is born to you in Bethlehem, Christ the Lord. 
Good news. <laughs> Good news. And the message of the resurrection. Do you remember the disciples all shivering and scared, hiding behind locked doors in the upper room, and suddenly Jesus appears among them. And Jesus says, do not fear, peace be to you. He says, shalom. And then it says, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Joy. We've got a risen Savior, the risen Lord of glory, the risen Jesus Christ. Now, some of you might say, I know that joy. I've experienced that joy, but I have it no longer. Something has stolen my joy. And that something might just be sin. Sin is the great robber of joy. So how are you going to restore that joy? I can promise you this. If sin has stolen your joy, Prozac will not bring it back. You can use your antidepressants. If sin has stolen the joy, antidepressants won't bring it back. Friends won't bring it back. Pleasures of the world won't bring it back. Entertainment won't bring it back. Money won't bring it back. Sex won't bring it back. Alcohol won't bring it back. Religion will not bring it back. You can do all your religious works. Will not restore the joy. The only thing that will bring back the joy is creating me a clean heart, O oh God. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Please bring back the joy, God. Bring back the joy. Cleanse my conscience that is nagging at me and bothering me and cutting me up. And then you, then you, then you hold on to this joy. Then you cherish this joy. Then you continue in this joy by praying and by having communion with God and being in the Word. The Word is the great joy bringer through the Spirit. Oh, how I love your law, Lord. Doesn't that say the law of the Lord is perfect? Reviving the soul, the testimonies of the Lord are sure, rejoicing the heart. Jesus said, I've spoken these words to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So it comes through the Word. You need to be in the Word, not just scanning the Bible, actually stopping and pondering the Bible, thinking over it, praying through it, asking for grace of the Spirit and light to understand. And then prayer brings joy. Jesus said that whatever we ask, the Father will give, so that our joy may be full. John 16, 24. And then that joy now overflows in singing of God's praises. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. And then it continues the psalm. Come into his presence with singing. Oh, I'm misquoting the verse. Let me not butcher the Bible. Psalm 100, verse 2. I quoted verse 1 to you. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. <laughs> Come into his presence with singing. Serve with gladness. Psalm 33, verse 1 tells us this, this is fitting. This, it's just fitting that we would sing to the Lord with joy. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous, praise befits the upright. Psalm 92 is a song for the Sabbath. And then it tells us what to do when we gather. To declare your steadfast love in the morning, your faithfulness by night. Verse 4, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your works. At the work of your hands I sing for joy. 
Look at what the Lord has done in his creation and now in his salvation, in our salvation also. And then we rejoice in this day. We rejoice specifically when we gather as Christians. Why? Why are we joyful today? This is the Lord's Day. This is Sunday. What happened on this day? He rose again and entered the rest of salvation. Yes. Isn't that what Psalm 118 says, verse 24? This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And it's talking of the previous verses, the, the stone that the builders rejected on Friday, crucifixion, he became the cornerstone on Sunday. It was shown that is the cornerstone. And this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Call the Sabbath a delight, says Isaiah 58, verse 13 and 14. And so, the New Testament, Lord's Day. We call the Lord's Day a delight. When my children were small, they were in primary school. Actually, from before primary school, we had, we had this thing in our house, and I learned it from someone else. We had this thing in our house that on Sundays, especially because they're the pastor's children, we don't want our kids, oh, it's church again. It's the Lord's Day again. No, we want them all excited. So I would wake them up by playing hymns in the lounge, put the volume up, and there some hymns playing, and I would wake them up and say, it's the Lord's Day. It's the Lord's Day. We're going to see God's people. We're going to hear God's word. We're going to sing God's praises. And now on Sundays, after church, we did this again this afternoon, we all talk about what did God say to you today and what brought joy to you today. So they, so they won't think, oh, Sundays are so terrible. So that they would be trained and know Sundays are a day of joy when we gather with the Lord's people and hear His word. So that's, that's actually a way we multiply the joy. Because if you were on your own on the Lord's day, well, you would be joyful. Jesus is alive and I'm going to read His word. But when you come here, and meet with other believers. If it's possible, for some Christians it's not possible, they're in prison or they're ill or so on. But if it's possible, then David says, and actually that's a messianic prophecy, where Psalm 16 verse 3 says, about the saints in the land, the saints, the believers, in them is all my delight. I love it being with them. Or the Apostle John writes, he says, there's much I want to write to you, but I don't want to do with pen and ink. I would rather talk to you face to face so that our joy may be full. Full joy, fullness of joy. When we gather as the Lord's people, we come together to sing the praises of the Lord. Does not the psalmist say, I rejoiced. I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. So for that to happen, I'm really glad you're here tonight. Because some Christians only come about once a Sunday at an average. And uh, you're not really going to multiply this joy. The joy is not going to spread because three Sundays out of four, you're not here. Or, but some believers, they come here, Sunday morning they're in and then they're out. They don't stay to fellowship with others, to really be with others. Yes, they're in the worship service, but deep relationships cannot be established. The joy cannot grow. Uh, Paul tells us, if you really want joy, be involved. Use your gift because he says those who do works of mercy do it with cheerfulness. Or he says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Or he says, uh, if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So to really have joy and grow in joy and multiply the joy, be part of the body, be involved. Uh, give to the Lord's work. That's how the, we saw last Sunday the Macedonians, they gave out of the abundance of joy. They gave to the Lord. 
I'll give you an example of this. There was a man in this church. Some of you remember him, Wim Andries. Now, Wim Andries, he was here long before I was here. He was here since the late 1970s. And when I came to the church, he would be here every Sunday morning, sit right behind Lizelle. Do you remember? No, you don't. <laughs> he sat right there behind where you're sitting now, Lizelle. 9.30, our services, uh, let me just say this, half an hour before the service, he would come in and sit there, him and his wife, wait for the service. Service is done, they would walk out, say goodbye, be in their car and go home. Every Sunday, from 2004, I became the pastor here, to 2007. One day in 2007, in the morning service, I preached a sermon on that you don't retire in the Lord's work, you keep on going till you die. You don't say, I'm retired now, I'm not going to serve and use my gifts anymore. And that sermon, I didn't know, stuck in his heart. Next Sunday night, guess who's at the evening service? I, almost, I wanted to fall on my back, but I didn't say, what are you doing here? I just said, good evening. <laughs> I was really happy. And so he kept on coming. From 2007, every Sunday evening, every Sunday morning. Then he started to coming, coming on Wednesdays. And you saw, when he did that, you saw the joy increase. You remember that, Ansi? Kuis, Gerda? You saw that man's growth in the Lord. Wonderful. The joy multiplied. Now maybe you say, I do all those things you just said. I am saved. Sin has not stolen my joy. I am in the Word. I am in prayer. I am with the believers. All of that. But it feels to me, I don't even remember. I've forgotten what it feels like to be happy. That's Jeremiah in, in Lamentations 3.17. Forgotten what it means to be happy. Don't even know how to smile anymore. Why? And you say it's because of suffering. Just going through suffering. I want to tell you, the sun will shine again. Tears may flow at night, but joy comes with the morning. Psalm 30 verse 5. There will be joy again. You may sow your seed with tears. You will bring in the harvest with shouts of joy, says Psalm 126. So keep on going, keep on going. The Lord will not fail you. And there are things you can be thankful for in your sadness. If you're a Christian, you can be thankful that you will stand before God on Judgment Day with great joy. Jude verse 24 you can be glad that you will stand before the Lord and He will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Over little you have been faithful. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Master, of your Lord. You can be thankful for that. You can be thankful when you get there, He will wipe all the tears from your eyes. We read in the book of Revelation. You can be thankful. In His presence there is fullness of joy. At His right hand there are pleasures forevermore, says the psalmist. You can be thankful that you will rejoice in that day. And you will praise God even for the destruction of the wicked when He judges the evil, judges wicked people who have done wicked things to you. Revelation 19, you can read that, how they rejoice when God strikes the enemy. You can thank God that you will not be in the place where there are always tears. It's always tears. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now some people hear this, they say, I don't care. I don't care about that. They think, they really think, they've got happiness. They don't have God. I don't have God. I'm happy. I don't need God to be happy. 
Yes, that looks promising. It looks, looks promising to you, if you like that. It's a mirage. And I don't mean a mirage airplane. It's a mirage in the desert. You think, water! And you get there and it's gone. It's a mirage. It's an illusion. You're always looking for more of whatever you think makes you happy, whether it be alcohol, sex, drugs, or TV, or money. Or, you're always looking for more because it does not make you happy. It does not. That's why you want more and more. And finally, you will lie on a deathbed somewhere. And all that joy will vanish forever. God's joy is much greater than any joy this world can bring you. You can, have, you can be the richest person in the world, will not make you happy. You might think it makes, makes you happy. It doesn't. Relationships, all shattered, broken, whatever. You've given, put more joy into my heart than they have when all their wine and their grain abounds, says the psalmist. God says He will judge Israel because of the prosperity of all things. Because of the, all the riches they had, they did not serve the Lord with gladness of heart. Thomas Watson says, There is as much difference between spiritual joys and earthly joys as between a feast, a banquet that you eat, and a banquet that is painted on the wall. <laughs> that banquet will not make you happy, will not satisfy. It's God's joy. It's God's joy that replenishes you, that invigorates you, that strengthens you for service. Didn't Nehemiah say, the joy of the Lord is your strength? Give strength. Joy can even lead to good health, just like depression can lead to sickness. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones, says Solomon in Proverbs 17. So what do you want? What do you want? What do you really want in the depth of your heart? What do you want? Seek it in God. Seek God's joy. The joy of God. But be careful that you don't make an idol of it. I counseled a lady probably about 10 years ago now. She idolized joy. I just want joy. I want joy in the Lord. I want joy. Oh God, I'm praying for joy. When are you going to give me joy? You just want to joy, 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 joy. And it's great to want joy. Don't make an idol of it. Look past the joy to the object of joy, which is God. Don't focus on the joy and idolize the joy. Seek the God in whom your joy must be. And if you do that, you will rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice always. First Thessalonians 5.16 in the verses Sean read. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then you can have joy even in your pain. Even in your suffering. Now I'm not saying that the suffering, you're going to rejoice about the suffering. Oh, I'm so happy I've got pain. I'm so happy I'm suffering. No, no, that's not what we mean. What we mean is you look, you look past all of that. And you look to God as the object of your... You rejoice in the salvation He's brought. You look past all of this and this world to heaven. <coughs> so if that happens, then there are no figs on the trees and no grapes in the, on the vineyard and no cattle and sheep on the farm and no wheat in the fields 
and no money in the bank and no petrol in the car yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will rejoice in the Lord rejoice in the Lord always Paul wrote in prison you can rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven you can out of joy sell all you have to get that treasure the heavenly treasure so I want that Joy, 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 joy. Rejoice in suffering. Rejoice even more in glory. Jesus despised the shame of the cross, the agony of the cross, all of that. Why? For the joy that was set before him. Joy. So that tells me that a Christian's joy lies deeper than the face. Because some people can smile outwardly, but there's not joy inside. There's lots of pain and lots of hurt. Proverbs tells us that. Even in laughter, the heart may ache. Generally, generally, if there's really joy in the heart, Proverbs also tells us that. Chapter 15 then will show on the face. Cheerful face. You know people like that? I don't want to point to anyone. But, um, but Hefzibah. Hepsibah. <laughs> joy. Joy. I know a lady like that in Jeffrey's Bay. My kids and my wife know the, knows the lady. She sings, she smiles. It's joy, always smile. <laughs> mm. And yet, yet though the joy does show on the face, um, Joy goes deeper than just a smile because sometimes you can be deeply serious and joyful. My kids and my wife have asked me that now and then. You look so serious. What's wrong? And I'm joyful. I am. I'm just thinking of the greatness of God. My wife has done this to me before. But that's when I'm really worried. Try to get ploya eight strike. But there have been times when I look like this and I'm about the greatness of God. C.S. Lewis. There's a kind of happiness and wonder that makes you serious. It's too good to waste on jokes. Isn't that the psalmist? Ask the Lord for that joy. A joy that, a joy that is not always jolly, and I'm the clown of the show, but a joy that can be in awe at God. Just be amazed at God. Serve, Psalm 2 verse 11, serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Father, we pray that you would give us your joy. Multiply your joy in us. Refresh us with your joy. And anyone here tonight who says, I don't have that joy, save them from whatever is robbing them of that joy, whether it be sin, or show them that even in their suffering, there is still much reason to rejoice in the Lord. Amen.